something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, listener. I'm Carol Fisher, the host of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister. I'm so excited for you to hear the brand new season where we're uncovering a 35-year-old mystery. But for those of you who didn't hear season one or just want to listen to it again, you can now get access to all episodes of that first season of The Girlfriends 100% ad-free through the iHeart True Crime Plus subscription, which is available exclusively on Apple Podcasts. You'll also get access to every single episode of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister, ad-free and one week early, only available to iHeart True Crime Plus subscribers. So what are you waiting for? Head to Apple Podcasts, search for iHeart True Crime Plus, and subscribe today. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project, or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's the best bits of the week with Morgan number two. What's up, everybody? Happy weekend. I hope everybody's last weekend, Memorial Holiday weekend, was awesome. And you had a good short weekend this week if you got off for Monday. And now we're already here to another new weekend, which is so exciting. And I'm excited to hang out with y'all. We had a lot of things happen on the show, so let's go. Lunchbox had a weird interaction with a massage therapist. And I'm just going to put this out there. If Lunchbox is so famous, he should be having more and more of these. So this shouldn't even make a story because he's so famous. So this would happen more. Therefore, it's not a one-off and he brings it to the show. Right? I don't know. You guys listen a bit and let me know. But basically, this massage therapist knew he was famous, in a sense, in Lunchbox terms. And Lunchbox thought it was weird. Yep, that's all. That's what happened. And in true Lunchbox form, he brought it to the show. Number seven. I'm not a big massage guy. If I have an injury, I'll go and I get somebody to work on something. Lunchbox earlier in the show talked about now he's a big massage guy. Didn't like him. Now love him. Oh, man, they're amazing. Like, it is so, like, I thought the whole concept was weird. You show up to this place, you go in this room, and it's like they play this weird music, and they put these, I was like, <laughs> I ain't doing that. Like, that's just the weirdest thing ever. Like, Why did you start, though? Uh, my wife and I did it. And she was like, oh, you know, and I was like, okay, all right, I'll go. And I was like, Wow, when I got done, I was like, this is the best thing that's ever happened to me. Like, And, and you get full naked. Full naked under the sheets. Ugh. like, <laughs> Which, maybe it's because of Lunchbox, it just feels gross. Yeah, yeah, but great. one of my friends was telling me the other day, he goes, I heard Lunchbox talking about that on the air. Because I get naked, too. That's what I'm talking about. I guess I'm just embarrassed somebody will see stuff and tell people about it. That's probably what the root is. I mean, they're probably sneaking a peek. I mean, probably do. I don't think so. Uh, no. They're pretty good at not seeing stuff. No, they're, they're pretty good at not acting like. Oh. And also, they're pretty good at... F- 
acting like a professional. Oh, yeah, they're not. Oh, they're oh. they're they are good at acting like they're not alarmed. If some if <laughs> Tom alarmed. If Tom Hanks came in and you were giving him a massage and you're a massage therapist, you'd be like, "This is so cool," and you probably tell people, "I massage Tom Hanks." And if Tom Hanks was genetically one way or the other, you'd probably tell your friends, "You'll never believe." You probably would. That'd be a good story. The human. It's, the, it's nature. Yes. So, I would hope he wore underwear. Tom Hanks? Yeah. How'd this turn into poor Tom Hanks get a massage? <laughs> poor guy. So Lunchbox got a massage. Will you ever get a dude? No. Never. Why not? No chance. Not let no dude rub on me. <laughs> he's not rubbing on you. He's, he's, yeah, they are. He's rubbing you. He's physically, he's massaging yeah. your muscles. Can't do it. I, I just couldn't. You'd I, get I, no massage before a dude massage? Yeah, I'd, I'd rather have no massage. I feel similar. Really? Yeah. Like, it I, just feels weird. You get all girls, Amy? I prefer women. But will you take a dude? I have had taken <laughs> taken dude before. <laughs> and I'm just uncomfortable the whole time. Because I even don't. if a dude's super professional, yeah. he's still like... Because <laughs> he's a dude. We just know right. dudes. Humans. It's not fair to say I don't know this for sure. I never massaged anybody like that. And I'm just... It's pure speculation from other dudes I know. I just know dudes, regardless, are going to be dudes. Like, having a job doesn't change what a dude does right. or feels. He may not do anything. He may not ever say a single word, but I know how a dude's going to feel because I am a dude. Would you three agree? Yes. Agree? Yeah, yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Even if you're super professional. Sure. You're yes. still Correct. a dude. Now, Launchbox had an experience recently. I don't know if it's true or not, but let him know. No, it's legit. Okay, go ahead. I went to get a massage, and I tell him I want deep, to, firm to deep, whatever, deep to firm. I don't know which the way they go, but I – and so she starts out in about – Four minutes into it, she goes, is this pressure okay, lunch, sir? Oh, no. And I was just like, oh, great. This is awkward. And so then I'm just like. Did you introduce yourself as Lunchbox? No. Did you, are you were on the sheet as Lunchbox? No. And she said lunch. Yes. She, and she caught herself and she goes, sir. Like there was like a three second of like like quiet. Like she was like, oh, no. What do I say? What do I say? She couldn't think of my name. She goes, sir. And I was like, oh, it's fine. And then it was just like awkward the rest of the time. I Don't you want people to know? No, no, you? I do, but it was just awkward because then I'm sitting there going, she wants to ask me a million questions, and I, I know she's freaking out because I'm on her table. And you're you, naked. And I'm mm, naked. Yeah. You know, so all the whole thing, so the whole 90 minutes, I am just like not relaxed. Awkward. 90 minutes? You go hard at massages. Dude, like, I don't go over anything over 50 if I have to get one, and that's forever. Oh, no, no. That's like a tease, man. You're just getting started. <laughs> oh, gosh. It's like, I mean, if they're going to really get down in it, like yeah. in, in 90 minutes. You like, like him down in it? Oh, down in it. He said firm and hard. Well, yeah. So was she good? Yeah, she was good. But it was just awkward, and I was like, I can't have her again. <sighs> but what if your massage therapist says to you when you walk in, oh, hey, how's it going? I, I, I know, your lunchbox. Different. Different. She was trying to hold it in. Like, she knew, and she was so excited that she just, she couldn't help it. Could she have been thinking about lunch? Right. And not lunchbox? That's what I was thinking. Oh, she, she, she was thinking about asking her lunch right. how the pressure was. <laughs> well, just thinking about Possibly. lunch? Possibly. Depends I mean, on. That's, that's an interesting angle. I never <laughs> thought of it that yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, Like, hey, sandwich, is this pressure okay? Like, <laughs> So will you not go back to that place? I'll go back to the place, but I'll just have to not, I'll request not her. Because you'll you, request not her. Yeah. You can put and, down the... And will they go, well, why are you not requesting anyone specifically, but you're only requesting not someone? What did they do to you? I'll be like, well, she slipped she, up. She didn't do anything wrong. That's awkward. I mean, is that like if you're getting massaged and they're like, is this pressure okay? I mean, well, her name's going to be on the sheet. She doesn't go by a fake name. Yeah, Amy is my name. Yep. Oh, be that's fine. true. Didn't yeah, think yeah. about that. Yeah. 
Give her another chance. You think they'd be like, it's this pressure okay, Amy from the butt? Um, I mean, <laughs> one like, time someone massaging me and they went, is this pressure okay, bologna sandwich? Oh, <laughs> it was her lunch see? she was talking about. Oh, so that's possible. Why it's okay. Yes. Give a little grace, lunchbox. I mean, I did give grace. I mean, I, I stayed. Did you tip her? You're supposed to tip them? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They always do ask that at the end. They're like, oh, do you want to add gratuity? I'm like, what's why? gratuity? No, no, no. I, I didn't understand why, though. Because I would imagine that most of that money goes to the... the air. Wherever you are, the spa, yeah. whatever. Oh, all right. I'll, I'll call back and add it. <laughs> Who thinks he'll call back and add it? Not me. No, no chance. Uh, okay. Good story, though. Do we believe it, though? I guess I believe it. He just confuses me sometimes with the, like... Everybody knows me. I'm famous. I'm like top 25 celebrities in Nashville. No, they do. And then and then and then when people do recognize it. me, it's annoying. It's like Bobby they were trying to talk to no, me no. at the grocery <laughs> store. And yeah. I ran. Let me shop. It's like when Bobby says he's getting that colonoscopy, and the doctor's like, "Oh wait, are you Bobby Bones?" It's like it's an awkward moment to bring it up. I think something going on in your butt's a little different <laughs> than you getting lettuce. That's very different. Yeah, I'm just saying. Okay, thank you for your story, lunchbox. <gasps> It's the best bits of the week with Morgan number two. Lainey Wilson stopped by the studio and shared some details about the ACM awards, all her awards that she won, the mishap she had during her performance, and of course, her new relationship, well, new to the world, that she debuted at the ACM awards and holy crap, so excited for her. On top of that, she also has a collaboration with the Dolly Parton coming so much happening in Lainey Wilson world and I'm just so thrilled for her because she's a great human. Number six. We were in Dallas at the ACMs together and we were at dress rehearsal and for you guys you had to actually be dressed because they were checking lights and yeah. your your outfit was awesome. That, that was super cool. You look good. But there was an issue with the hat. <laughs> and, and you had the, But you had the hat on for the second, one, the second performance too, didn't you? The plan was to go out with my hat on yeah. with Jelly. And then I had this little routine kind of worked out where I was going to kind of chunk the hat at the camera. But we had to take some of the stuff out of the hat because it was way too tight on my head and it was leaving that mark across my face. That's forehead. what it was. Okay, she was like, we got to work on the hat because there was everybody going a million miles an hour because you like throw the hat at the camera. Yes. And I was like, I'm going to ask Lainey what happened with the hat. No, no, no. So it was yeah. too, t- so there was like a line on your head. Yeah, I was like, it looked like it was just like squeezing my head so tight and it was because I had put a lot of fake hair in my hair that <laughs> night. So yeah, my head was too big. That was a big night for you. Not just the award wins, but also the performances. I mean, it was a big night pre knowing what you for sure had to do, which was you did the performance with Jelly Roll. Yep. And then that flipped over into your performance of Grease. Yep. And those performances were so different because one is like emotional and touching and then Grease was like boom in your yep. face. Super nervous before that award show because of all the responsibility. I was so stressed out. I'm not even going to act like I was not. Which I'll just tell you, uh, award shows are, are scary for me. I because? Feel, I feel like they might be getting a little less scary. Um, there's times where I'm like, all right, here goes nothing. I mean, millions of people are going to be watching you. And a lot of them are just waiting for you to mess up. And that's the truth. I mean, I feel that way too. But then when I hear you say it, I'm like, well, that's not true. So then I tell myself, well, that's not true when you say okay. it to me. No, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, it's yeah. true. Um. <laughs> She's convincing me now to be neurotic again. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was, I mean, I thought both of your performances back to back were so good. I was talking to Luke Combs backstage because I was doing my stuff backstage because he had to go from doing his performance to come out with Ed Sheeran. Yeah. And you did yours from coming on with Jelly Roll yeah. to you. So, but yours never stopped. So you're into one, 
And is anybody able to talk in your ears, or is it you just hearing music? No, I'm just hearing music. So we had a, a couple days before um, the show, I got to go in there and kind of run through the steps. Because, I mean, the timing had to be – I had to work it out perfect. I had to make sure that I was walking quick enough. I needed to get to my spot, get to my mic. Um, did you see I had a, a malfunction on no, stage? No, I didn't. What my, happened? My clip, it fell off the back of my, my bell bottoms. Oh. Yeah, for my for the Grease performance. Is that where you were holding it? I was holding it. Oh, I, I said, thought that you were just like supposed to be holding it. Oh, you well, I'm glad you thought yeah. that because I was literally thinking, dang, I can't even, I couldn't even grab the microphone stand like I was planning on. And I have a couple little cool little microphone stand tricks I was going to Bring do. her a stand. Let's do it now. <laughs> yeah, let's, <laughs> let's do, do it. these tricks. Let's do it. Uh, so, okay, but after it's over, do you feel like, dang, that was awesome? Or I need to go and hear if it was awesome or not because it was so bang, bang. Okay, even though I had a malfunction and everything, um, I felt like, all right, I killed it. I, I will say, a lot of the times, I'm my worst critic. I'm like, I could have done this, I could have done this, I could have done this. But when I was looking out there and I saw a lot of my peers, my country music peers that I have looked up to for years, when they stood up and started clapping for me, I was like, you know what? I think I did all right. Yeah, it was awesome. Both were really good. The Grease performance was crazy good and just energetic and we have the same kind of management team, and I was with a lot of them, and they were just so proud. They were, they were like, look at, oh, my God, it's like actually working. And I was glad to show that side yeah, because I feel like I haven't been able to. I mean, I do a lot of that kind of stuff, like at my, my own shows and stuff like that, but um, I was glad to do it on TV. Had you already won any awards by that point? Yes. Okay, um, and, and how does that make you feel going into those? Is it Are you like, wow, this is the greatest night ever, or is it I got to not think about that but only think about the performances? Um, I was kind of in that, that mindset right there. I'll be honest. I'm like tunnel vision. Of course, I'm excited, but I know that at the end of the night is when, a, when we're going to really be able to celebrate. I just knew I had stuff I still had to do and be prepared for. And even when it comes to like the speeches and stuff like that, you know, I thought, okay, if I, if I win something, I need to have an idea of like some bullet points of what I'd like to say, because I'm given 30 seconds to get up here and maybe change a little boy, little girl's life um, just from watching that. And um, I'm like, I got to say something that really means something. And I just didn't want to blow that. So you won four awards, but the visual media, I don't think was on stage that night, was it? Uh-uh. Okay. A music event, was that on stage? Um, yep. Okay. So you went up for that one. Yep. Sorry, because I'm also working. I don't, I just remember pieces it. of it. We're a win. Um, so you went up three times? Yeah. So the third time, what are you supposed to say? You've already said it all. Oh, my Lord. I don't even know what I said. I think I blacked out by that Because the time. second time, you get to remember. Because oh, after you win the first time, you're like, oh, I forgot to say this. Yeah. You get to go up and do it again and actually click on the people that yeah. you didn't get to click the first time. Yeah. But the third time, you're like, well, I like to I shout out my buddy who's got a place back in Louisiana. Who's <laughs> yeah, running yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So when you, they call your name a third time, you're just like, what do I do now? I was like, well, um, I will say it was album of the year. So it, for me, it was like. Um, I'm a, I mean, this whole project has been a labor of love. And for me, it felt like a win for my whole team, my crew, my band, the people who played on it, the songwriters, literally everybody. So um, those are the things that I talked about. And those are the things that were like that were running through my mind in that moment. I don't even know what I said. Mm -hmm. I don't go back and watch my performances and I don't go back and watch my acceptance speeches because I'm just like, you know what? Yeah, live in it's it. It's happened. And, and if you feel good about it, live in it. I don't, I don't do the same thing because I don't want to go and pick myself apart for something I feel good about already. Yeah. Because if I'm not going to grow from it, That's right. why will I go expose myself to it when I already feel great about it and possibly not feel as great? I'm, I'm on the same page. So I don't know if that's healthy of us or not healthy of us, but it, it, it leaves me in a better place. Because, like, I mean, you kind of want to go back and, and rewatch, like, those basketball games and, and see what you could have done different. But also I'm like, 
He scored 50 points, you know? Yeah. Why, why, right. why are you going well, to Well, then I'll quote Lainey here, because she left the stage with this. Like, she accepts the award, she did a little speech, and then right before she walks off, she goes, this stands for hard work. If you're going to be a dreamer, you better be a doer. And then she just walked off, My and job. I was like, yes. She pushed over the podium. <laughs> She's like, I was like, that is so good. And then, you know, you I saw people on social just, like, quoting yeah. you yeah. and I just thought okay that's the, again like you were speaking to people and being a reminder of like you've put a lot of hard work into this it is true and I've like I don't want folks to think that I mean anything in life that you want is it's not gonna be easy you just gotta get after it but you know a lot of folks journeys are different it could they can come here and it happen overnight but the truth is a lot of the women um who have stories to tell it didn't she won best female artist of the year best album visual media music event for ACM awards Lainey Wilson is here, and we're going to play the new single, which is kind of one of the reasons you're here. Watermelon Moonshine is now the new single that's going to be the one that you're proud of and pushing. And to, Why this song? I'm in a place in my life right now where I have to make a conscious decision every single day to remember where I come from, remember, you know, to plant my feet on the ground any way that I can. And I'll tell you, Watermelon Moonshine, for me, even just singing it, it reminds me of, of who I am to my core. Okay, so I did see Dolly Parton confirm a duet she's doing with you. You're mm-hmm. doing it together. I don't know. It's pretty cool, <laughs> right? I mean, it's like the craziest thing. I mean, it is nuts. I, so when we when I went in to cut the vocal for it, um, Mama, he's crazy. Um, have, they, have you said that yet anywhere? Yeah, she okay. did. Okay, got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hope so. Let's double check that. <laughs> yeah. But um, I think she kind of spilled the beans because I didn't know I was even able to talk about it. And then I saw something on the gram that said, Dolly talks about doing a song with Lainey. And I was like, cool, let's talk about it. So who told you that? And did you think it was a joke at first or somebody pulling your leg or what? Mandolin. Uh, my manager called me and said, we've got this opportunity to be a part of the Judd tribute record. And I immediately was like, well, duh. I mean, they're, they're a soundtrack to my childhood. Even if it's just you, you're thinking. Yes, yeah. I'm like, I, of course, period. Um, and then she came back and said, they're thinking about, you know, the song. And I said, okay, done. And she said, well, they're thinking about getting Dolly on it, too. I about passed out. Was it a she may do it? Um, it was, was literally it? like one day they were like, they're going to ask her to be a part of it. And then the next day they were like, it's confirmed. Dang, for that whole day when it wasn't confirmed, I'd be like, there's no way she's doing it. Oh, there's yes. There's no way. There's no way. I know. Dang. I know. Because at that point, we had not even met. Um, but they said she seemed overjoyed to do it. And I had went in and cut my vocal. And then a the week later, she um, ended up kind of going back and, and cutting some harmonies and doing her verse, too. So Didn't Dolly give you the Female Artist of the Year Award? Yeah. Am I remembering that right? Yep. Come on. I mean, who else in the whole history of the world would it be better to get that award from except for Dolly Parton? I mean, that's it. I can't believe that's how I met her. I mean, I was sitting there just watching her, and she was about to present it. And I just felt like, oh, my gosh, she's literally five, ten feet away from me. And, I mean, this is this is my hero, period, hands down. This is my hero. And um, it was weird. As soon as I hugged her neck, I felt like I just had known her my whole life. And I think she just kind of makes people feel that way in general. But she's taught me so much. And I've never even, you know, until then had not even met her. So we were walking off stage, and... She grabbed my hand, and she's like, I love our song that we did together. Oh, that's awesome. I'm like, I'm going to go home now. Did you talk back, or did you just? I don't even know what <laughs> <Yeah>. I said. <laughs> I she think said, I was like, her, she gave her speech again, work hard or shut up, or whatever she said before. Yeah. yeah, yeah. If you're going to be a dreamer, you better be a doer. That's right. Yeah, Dolly. I, I definitely didn't tell Dolly that. Dreamer do, Dolly. <laughs> Dolly. So you went to the award show with your new man. Yeah. And 
since you did that, I felt like I could actually ask you about it. Yeah. So what's up? He'd been around for a while. I just decided to. Um, I mean, I know make that, but for I, two and a half I years. wouldn't say anything about it because if you're not saying anything about it publicly, I'm never going to say anything about it. I don't yeah, want to be. Yeah, def- yeah. You know. Oh, but yeah. now that you're public, I feel like I'd be like, "What's up?" No, he's a good dude. He's he knows what it's like chasing a dream because he's done that for himself. He was in the NFL. He tried out literally for the Steelers and made it and had had a really great run with them. Went out to the LA Rams and did that now. But I'll tell you, he is. Good as gold, supports me, would never come in between anything that I'm trying to do. He's like, go get it, girl. And I made him wait for a while. I mean, I made him – it's been a little over two years now. What's he look like with no shirt? Because I feel like it's pre- pretty ripped. <laughs> oh, hey. Yeah, I think so too, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah so, I'll send you a picture of him. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> well, so I was watching it on TV. You call him Duck, by the way? You yeah. do call him Duck? Oh, yeah. Duck. The him, they would you you were winning, and then they would the camera would go to him, yeah. and he you could see he was genuinely so proud of you, and That's like cool. high fiving the people around, and like he, he just it was really special. Like I I didn't know about him, yeah. but in that moment I didn't know how old it was, how new, and I'm like, dang, if they're new, he is like no, he is they're very new. That's too much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's very invested. Well, what's funny is literally a couple weeks before the show, we had played out in Pittsburgh, and me and my band we all wore duck hodges jerseys and so that kind of started started a few rumors but um it's so great i mean he's buddies with all my buddies he'll facetime me and he'll be with hardy or he'll be with cole swindell and all of i'm like can you please stop taking my friends exactly so i know we did trivia last time it was not no your will since you hated it. he said no more trivia ever so mm-hmm. we're gonna do how well do you know duck hodges it's trivia about your boyfriend <laughs> <laughs> I probably don't. Okay. How did he earn the nickname Duck? Um. Well, let's see. First of all, if if you read something online, it probably ain't right. In college, why are you pointing at me like you're going to beat me up, Lane? Because, like, because aggressively because pointing you know, at me. The Wilson trivia. I'm ready. Go for ahead. This. Go ahead. Um, his college football coach was like, "You're one of the best quarterbacks I've ever worked with, and uh, you remind me a lot of one of my favorite quarterbacks I got to work with years ago, and we called him Duck, and so." Him and the team just kind of started calling him Duck. Turns out he was like, also a duck hunter. He's also a duck hunter. That's correct. Thank you. That's wow. correct. I can't say it's not right. She pointed at me and then was very aggressive <laughs> with that finger. Up. Next up, what state duck calling championship did he win? Arkansas. Alabama. Oh, see, now that would trip me up because he's got a duck cabin in Arkansas and he spent a lot of his duck hunting growing up there. Which NCAA FCS career record does he hold from his time at Sanford College? I don't know what the technical terms are, but for the most passing yards. That's exactly the technical term. Wow. Most passing yards of 14,584. Oh, boy, boy. Previously <laughs> held by Steve McNair. Yeah. That's, That's amazing. Crazy. That is amazing. Uh, let's do one more. Who do you make his NFL debut against? Is it Cincinnati? You're in the right division because obviously Pittsburgh, but it's not Cincinnati. The Ravens. The Ravens. The Ravens. I wasn't around during that time. Yeah, Sorry, baby. I got one. two out of four. <laughs> and two out of four is exactly what we needed to declare you still together. There it is. Yeah. Yes. You won and you get to stay in it, stay together. Uh, <laughs> Lainey, congratulations. Thank yeah, you, buddy. It's an amazing time. Hope you're just soaking it in. It's hard to soak it in, but also push really hard at the same time. So you got to find that balance of yep. both. And I hope you're doing that. And I'm doing it. You look happy. It's awesome. I am. I'm proud of you. Y'all. Super cool. Thank you. There she is, Lainey Wilson, our friend and yours. And her new single is Watermelon Moonshine. And I'm going to go back and watch you drop your mic pack on Grease. Do it. And just laugh and be like, oh, I was really rooting for her Do to it. fail. Just like Do she it. thinks Do everybody it. is. Yeah, yeah. All right, yeah. Lainey Wilson, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> it's the best bits of the week. Show.
with Morgan number two. It was the end of a month this week, so you know what happened? Employee of the month for May. And I'm just going to lay this out there that our part one this week on Best Bits had the employee of the month winner on it. It's kind of a spoiler, but not a spoiler because that means you got to go listen to part one of the Best Bits to know after you listen to this bit, but then you'll know. Listen, now it's hurting my brain. Number five. It's time to name the employee of the month for last month. It's always a big deal. Who was the employee of the month last month? Ooh, I think that was me. Eddie. Oh, you yeah. think? <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. And how was your time as employee of the month? Oh, dude, unbelievable, man. Like, I just got so much respect around the building. It's yeah. pretty cool. So if you win employee of the month, you get your option. You can spend the wheel of cash. You can do some self-promotion on the air. Or you can block someone from three months of employee <laughs> of the month. <laughs> That's mean. So what we're going to do here is... Only three of you, the three in the finals, get to read your speech. Ooh. So when I say your name, that means you're one of the finalists. Why are Amy and Lunchbox? Because <laughs> we know we're finalists. We know we've had solid months. I Others, don't know. No. Other ones are like, dang, I sucked this month. I don't know. Amy, do you feel like you're going to win this month? You're about to say something. You went, I don't know. I thought everybody was going to join in and clap, but nobody did. <laughs> Just Lunchbox and you. <laughs> okay. The first finalist for Employee of the Month is Eddie. Oh! Eddie, you got vulnerable, and you admitted you snooped through your wife's phone. Yeah, yeah, I do that. That, that. was good. You you gave us a reason to, you know, get Dr. Lori on, who's one of our favorite guests. Come on. We found out you just had a bunch of crap. It wasn't worth anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No Parenting Sunday. You've been big on talking about that. That's true. The theory of how your neighbor's house may have squatters, Ooh. which, is there an update on that? Uh, kind of. Okay. I'll, I'll bring that to you later. Oh, we want for next month? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then... Your son and the, the the driving exam and how you were the proctor. A lot of That's good right. bits. That's right. So you were in the finals. Can I hear your speech where if you were to win, employee of the month? Go ahead. Of course. Even though I've been on my digital detox, the digital content I do for the show still rocks. I brought in my antique bottles and coins to see if I needed to find a buyer, but Dr. Laurie said they weren't worth enough for me to retire. Lunchbox tried a few spill the teas, but they were lame. And Bobby and I, we bet on music games. I won one of those bets. My money, I don't know him. And I'll probably Ooh. get Employer of the Month because this poem is... Wait, no, this, this is okay, awesome. Okay, there he is, Andy. Yeah. No, okay, I uh, tried. Oh, okay. boy, oh, boy. Right. The next finalist for Employer of the Month is... Well, let me tell you what he did this month. Okay. All right, let's go. He crashed Nicole Kidman's movie set. Multiple times. He brought us one of the most cringiest pieces of audio ever recorded, and that could have been like four different bits. He spilled the tea on Morgan and her bad driving. He got vulnerable in sharing the really creepy Facebook friend request he sent a teenage girl. Oh, man. He also admitted to theft after he walked out of a store with a pair of pants. He brought in his new business ideas. He had one of his better prank calls where he called a listener's mom, tell her she had won a hot mom contest. Remember that one? Oh, yeah. pretty good. Oh. A finalist is Lunchbox. Wow. Read your speech as if you won. Who should win Employee of the Month? Should we give it to Eddie because all he does is lie? Or is it because of those bushy caterpillars above each eye? What? Enough with Amy being an emotional wreck. Shouldn't she just be happy with that child support check? Morgan has oh. struck out with all types of men. When it comes to employee of the month, Morgan loses again. It would make Abby's day, but honestly, most of America wishes she would just go away. Oh, boy. Is that the end? That's it. Oh. So you just slammed, so you just slammed everybody? Boom. Okay. Can't hear you guys up here. I'm on top. Employee of the month. Let's spin that. Real. And our final hey. finalist for Employee of the Month. <laughs> oh my gosh. 
Our final finalist is Amy. But by the way, you guys had both had poems. Is that a rule? You had to write a poem? Or just no, I've just never done that no, before. No, no, he just copied my style from the last okay. few months. He's like, let me jump on that bandwagon and see if I can to get To be honest, bread. I think I was the first one that I ever did a poem. Yeah. Oh, there you go. So with Amy, we solved one of America's greatest mysteries. We found out why her water bill was so high. Yes. That was a big bid. She got in trouble from her old sorority because she reported false information on the show. It was a good bit when it was false. It was a good bit when we found out it was false. <laughs> Two good bits. <laughs> Give us the blackout or backout story. Yeah. Well, yeah, you, yeah, yeah. It was good. We don't have to bring true. it back up. She shared an update on her divorce. She told a story about how she broke the generosity chain at a Starbucks. A couple animal stories. She had a story about how her friend might be getting catfished on a dating app. Hey, friend. Mm-hmm. Okay. Here she is. She with is. Her spe- yeah, she is. With her speech, 15 seconds. Amy, go. Well, with everything Bobby just mentioned, I would like to quote him correctly. He did call it the greatest mystery of American history. And it was early in May that my $600 water bills mystery was solved. And the video of me telling the story has more views than anything else posted on the Bobby Bone Show Instagram with 1.3 million views. Wow. That was true, Morgan. Fact check, because sometimes her fact check ain't good for Amy. Yes, all of the water stories, anything regarding the, her whole water thing, yes, they have gone viral. Did you say it was the most viewed ever Instagram? No, it's the most viewed for this month. Oh, like the it. month of got May, it, it, I have the most viewed Instagram reels of anything posted. Love the data. So that's yeah, what I was focusing good. on. And my Kool-Aid hack, Morgan informed me that on TikTok, that water that thing was like for three the months toilet, ago. it doesn't matter. It just, it hit six million views. That's Wow. <laughs> six million? Yeah. Six million. Why are people so obsessed with water? I don't know. That's crazy. <laughs> I had no idea. I made those videos. <laughs> All right, well, you three are in the finals for Employee of the Month. And the winner for Employee of the Month is Ella. Ella. The winner is Amy, everybody. Congratulations. How do you feel, Amy, being employed? I can't believe you got that many that many views. Me neither. Wow. I I, I, I was shocked. Like Heck, I, I got still... bored halfway through the story. <laughs> right. That's awesome. Crazy. Uh, okay, so for winning employee of the month, you get to choose. Wait, you got bored halfway through this? Yeah, sometimes. Yeah, I was bored, <laughs> and you gave her employee of the month for it. No, like, that's I'm just shocked. me. But yeah, I'm there's also more looking other at... thing. There's yeah, more there, things. There's a lot. Listed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's like two things. You went on two things. Honestly, I don't. If I hadn't have gotten it, I'd still be pumped about the views because I've never. Yes, had I agree. I'm pumped about the views. I shouldn't have been bored. Apparently, it's. Riveting content. Uh, That's awesome. Okay, yeah. your employee of the month. So what do, what do I get to do? Well, I don't know. Somebody's hating on you over there, so. Oh, uh, trust me. I heard his poem. Think about that. So you can spend the wheel of cash, mm-hmm. which you can win up to $300. Wow. You can do self-promotion, which you've done before. Yeah. Or you can block someone from contention for three months, which would you do like it, to do? Amy. Do it. Oh, I do not want to block somebody. That doesn't feel good to me. So uh, you're right. I've done self-promotion before, so let's... Apparently, according to lunch, I need the money, so let's go. <laughs> Spin that wheel. That wasn't dirty. Of all the That's shots dirty, I took though. in the poem, yeah. Yeah, that dirty. was the dirtiest shot. I don't think it was true. What was your line about her? I said, true, should no. we give it to Eddie because all he does is lie? No, no, no. Or is it because Amy. those bushy caterpillars above each eye? I didn't say Eddie. Enough no, with Amy, Amy being an emotional wreck. Shouldn't she be happy with that child support check? But I don't think that's the truth. I think you just look for a rhyme. Like that's not he so dumb. He has, he has, he has. She should be happy with it. Like is that? But not you true? don't know if she's even getting a child support check. 
Not my business. But, but you, you just made, you made it business it. of everybody. By Which, okay, also, one of the things that happened this, <laughs> this month. This is not my business. <laughs> after you said yes, it. Yes, go ahead. One of the things that you said happened this month was like sharing that, yeah, we've handled our divorce in a way that lawyers have not seen before. So mm. you have no idea how no we're, hand, we're doing it. It doesn't <laughs> matter. No I'm just saying viral. you don't that know. Viral, you don't me. have a typical. My stuff was a lot more entertaining than that. Uh, How's Lunchbox's stuff do on the web? On the you know social media, TikTok, Instagram. I mean, it's okay. It doesn't do as well as Amy's, honestly. Mm. I disagree. Just that's being if you go listen to the best bits, I mean, all my bits are right there in the but top. But that's eye. just us picking, probably. No, that's going off interaction on the social media, according to Morgan. But it I, is going off of that. But you've also never been number one. You complain about that a lot, and Amy has been. I can't believe you got so many views. That's great. Okay, Amy, you want the money? Yes. Let's all right, go. let's spin the wheel. Here we go. Let's spin, spin the wheel. wheel. Big money, big money, big money. Money, 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 money. Oh, oh, no. oh no! It was on. It, it rolled to the 100 and got all. It almost flipped. <laughs> that was so crazy. Oh. And then went back to one. Wow. Sorry, Amy. Wow. I, I already feel as though I won the hundred. That is so close. No, but you didn't. That but thing it, went almost <laughs> over to 100. Even and you guys were like, "Wow!" And I'm like, "No." Yeah, that was crazy. I'm gonna push the wheel over. Oh, yeah, so it doesn't. Where does the money come from? Uh, me, my pocket. Okay. How do you think most? What do you think most prizes come from? You know here? what they always say: wheel doesn't lie. Huh? And who what? says that? And what's? Never oh, mind. so oh, I don't get uh, to spin three times. That means that you really. I don't know. I thought that. Uh, I think I got to spin three times. Why though? Because you won a bunch on the first one, and we gave you. Or you won middle on the first one, and we gave you a chance. Was. How that's about because was. I was so, almost hundred? I get to go again. Eh. That was that's the closest it's ever been I'm to hundred. I'll tell you what you can do. I'm gonna allow you to go over to bobbybones.com and check out Access Day. <laughs> Where okay. you access day, all you got to do is go over there and you can win a trip to come hang out with our show. Airfare, hotel, studio tour, lunch with some of us. To enter and get official rules, go to bobbybones.com today. Amy, you won $1. Thank you. You're a winner, Amy. You're a winner. Uh, honestly, I really do. It was so close. The excitement I got from it almost being right there on 100, it feels like I did win it. So Good for you. Doesn't feel like that to me. Yeah. I'm happy about that. <laughs> That's not how it works. But... It's the best bits of the week show. with Morgan number two. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and I'm back for another season of my podcast, Climbing in Heels. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as fully obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. My podcast, Climbing in Heels, is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season, we're taking things up a notch. I'll be talking to some incredible women across so many industries, from models and beauty industry stars to doctors, entrepreneurs, and TV personalities. Climbing in Heels is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Every week, listeners will be able to ask me any questions. I'm answering it all. 
My life is absolutely crazy with so much going on, and I'm so beyond excited to bring you along for the ride. Whether we're talking red carpet looks, current trends, or products I'm obsessed with, I'm here to be your fashion fairy godmother. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Elia Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes... I guess identify the life that I want and and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Uh, Thank God for the limits. Every time I have one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. In a new version of Spill the Tea, Lunchbox and I spilled the tea on each other. We both brought different Spill the Tea segments to the show, and it was the perfect situation for me because Lunchbox unsuccessfully spilled the tea on me. Yep, he thought I was doing something that I totally was not, so... His didn't work, but you know what? Mine did. I was sneaky. I found something out, and it was pretty good. I'm not going to lie. My spell the tea, it was piping hot. Number four. Just something that you, the listener, hopefully, you probably already know, but if you don't, the show doesn't know what segments we're going to do until I pull it up. You all sit here, every single segment, and you just kind of wait, and you see what I say and where I go, and you just go. It keeps the show. There's no script. You don't even kind of know where we're going for the most part. Sometimes it's nerve-wracking. Yes. Well, this is Spill the Tea, this segment oh here. See, here we go. Right. Nerve-wracking. I, I just want people to know nobody knows. So go ahead. Let's spill the tea. But that's also why sometimes it sounds like dog crap. Mm-hmm. But that's also why it sounds so great sometimes <laughs> because they're just being themselves. But this is the only time in Spill the Tea this has ever happened. There's some, something's happened that... And all the times of you guys tittle-tattling or tattletailing or whatever it is on each other, this is the only time it's ever happened where two different people came at me, unrelated, and spilled the tea on each other at the exact same time. What? Oh, on oh. each other? On each huh. other, but about two different things. Huh. So, it, Let me guess. Lunchbox and Eddie. No. Wow. Lunchbox, wow. yes. Morgan. And on each other. <laughs> Okay. Interesting. And I don't know if one knew one was doing it, so they were firing back at each other, but I get two different notes. So, Lunchbox. Oh, she must know I'm spilling tea on her. That was the question. She must know. Yeah, 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 probably. Did you know? No, I didn't. You didn't? Oh, okay. Did you know, Lunchbox? No. Okay. I don't know what I could have done that was tea worthy. Oh, mine's so good. Lunchbox, you go first. You spill the tea on Morgan. What, what do you know? Guys, let me tell you. I gave Morgan a call. It was a Wednesday afternoon at 3 p.m. And Morgan was drunk Ooh. at 3 p.m. on a Wednesday <laughs> afternoon. Wednesday? And I am like, how do you have <laughs> how this kind of like? How do you know? She was slurring, huh? I, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I called her to ask her a technology question. And she's like, it's just, it's, it's, it's at the bottom. <laughs> And she's slurring her words. I'm like, what? Is this right there at the bottom? And I'm like, no, no, I sent you a screenshot. I don't have any screenshots. And, I, wow. she's, and she's hammered. And it's three. And I was like, are you okay? She's like, 
Yeah, why? I mean, she wasn't asleep, like just waking up. No, no, she was just slurring her words. I was like, this girl is drunk. And I don't know if she thought she played it off well because she was giggle after <laughs> she would talk. And I was like, she's obviously hammered. So I'm going to have to bring that to the show. I was like, I need the life where I can be hammered at 3 o'clock on a Wednesday afternoon. But you nap for hours and hours. Right. But just... Well, and when you were single, you probably did that. That's right. true, but I'm like, okay, there you go. Morgan, do you have any response to this at all? Yeah, I was not drunk. I had just got back from the dentist, and I had two fillings, so oh. I was a little drugged up. Okay. Oh, that's oh. And she couldn't t- She was slurring because she yeah. didn't talk. And she answered the phone for work, even though she had just been to the dentist? <laughs> it didn't she, bother. <laughs> she might want to say that when someone calls her and she's slurring her words. I thought I was doing pretty good at talking. How about you not come on the air and just scream someone's drunk? <laughs> Just assuming, man. Yeah. Well, what would you assume if you call someone at 3 o'clock on a Wednesday afternoon and they're slurring their words and giggling like, you okay? and they don't mention anything about anything? Yeah, they're probably drunk. Exactly. <laughs> no, Bobby, Bobby, Bobby said it. You say, hey, are you okay? Did, did I just wake you up? You sound funny. That, just, it didn't sound like sleepy. Okay. Well, your, Sounded like your slurry. tea has been unsuccessfully spilled. <laughs> wow. I was so a little wrong. drugged up, I will say, but it wasn't but intentional. Yeah. Okay, Lunchbox is tea. Unsuccessful. <laughs> Now, Morgan has tea on Lunchbox. Morgan, you have the stage. All right. So I was walking in the hallway, and I hear somebody just kind of talking on the phone, and it starts getting louder. I knew it was Lunchbox. I see him. He doesn't see me. I'm, like, behind the wall. And he says on the phone to whoever he's talking to, he's like, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll get some snacks from our, our green room to, to bring home for the kids' lunches. So he's stealing snacks that we have for guests to take home? Yes, and he was reiterating it, and he was talking loudly, which I don't understand why. Like, I don't know if he didn't care if anybody heard it, but, like, he was straight up admitting to stealing the snacks that are not for him for his kids' lunches. Lunchbox? I wouldn't say I was admitting to stealing. My wife was just reminding me... To steal. ...that that I was supposed to bring home a couple bags of peanuts and a couple bars for their lunches for the next day. And I was like, I will remember, because she had already texted me, and then she had called me. And I was like, I already got it. I know what I'm doing. So I wasn't admitting to stealing. I was just reaffirming my wife that I was going to grab them. But you steal them. But does she know? Does she think you're going to the store or you're bringing them from No, I told him I'd get them at work. Hey, Scuba Steve, what's the deal here with this stuff? I, this is my first time hearing it. It kind of makes me upset because we buy this for the guests, not for you and your family. And you make a lot of money. You can afford your own damn snacks. That's true. Wow, he's upset. And guess what? Those artists make a lot of damn money, too. They can afford their own okay. snacks. Okay. 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 Their guests, their guests but they're coming to be a building. guest of our show. That's like going, hey, I'm going to invite you over to a dinner party, but since you make money, you bring your own food. <laughs> okay. yeah. Were they going to fight? Who? I mean, Lunchbox scuba? and Scuba? Okay. Battle the D-words. Okay. Here, fine, <laughs> fine. fine. <laughs> What I'll do is I'll have my kids come in, sit in the green room. They'll be a guest. They'll grab uh, the snacks on the way out. If they're booked to guests, there you go. they right. absolutely could be yeah. booked to guests. No, please don't bring them up here. But we can't. <laughs> Why not? Because we're all going to get sick. That's true. That's true. They're always sick. That's I mean, who's true. been sick for like three weeks? Eddie. I mean, well, he's four, been disgusting. Four weeks. And so, you guys act like that's no big deal. We're just kidding. We Lunch can't box. take stuff from this building that we buy. Because we don't have much anyway. I agree. I have to give away prizes out of my own pocket a lot of times for the show. So we can't take stuff from this. Unless you talk to Scuba Steve about it. And if he's like, you know what, this stuff's going to go bad, then you can have it. Right. I mean, that's No, not what... right. You, you, you can't <laughs> right. agree with me when I'm talking about what you did. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yes, Amy. Well, so like Eddie makes coffee out of there. Is that allowed? Huh? Put yeah, you do. Here. We well, can well, have well, it, Why right? are you bringing me in? But he's this. doing it on the show. Yeah. If Lunchbox is starving on the show and he's like, I, yeah. my blood sugar's low, he needs to go eat a snack. Okay. Then he can go do Cause, that. Because I've taken a bar too. That's, and I'm, That's great. And you're going to eat it? Are we sure? Okay. But you can't take it home for your kids after you told your wife you're going to get it at the store. Right. I have also bought coffee and dropped it off there. Oh, that's nice. So, thank you. I'm contributing. 
We're 12. We're 12, we're Ridiculous. drunk, and we're thieves, okay? <laughs> no, Morgan wasn't drunk. Uh. <laughs> oh, yeah, because we are thieves. That's right, right, we are thieves. Okay, uh, that is Spill the Tea. Let's spill the tea. It's the best bits of the week with Morgan number two. Another interview on the show this week, we had Beverly Gilmore on, and she is the woman who you may recall we talked about in a news story. She dies multiple times a month and has this crazy experience. She's talked to Walt Disney, Jesus, and she shared a lot of these stories with us. And I'm just telling you, this was such a cool interview to hear because I love hearing wild and crazy perspectives like this and experiences that people have had. It just shows you that like there's just so many things we don't know or don't understand in the world. And so this interview was super cool. So if you listen to it right now, just be open-minded, understand that everybody's different than your life and your experiences. Everybody's got their own story. And this is hers. Number three. It's a Bobby Bones show interview. In case you didn't know. Her name's Beverly Gilmore. We talked about her about a month ago. She dies about three times a month. Like near-death experiences. They call them actual death experiences. Look, do I believe this? I'm skeptical of everything at this point. But I'm going to treat it and respect it like... I actually have no idea. I can't prove she did or did it. So I'm just going to ask and be respectful and be curious about what she has to say. She's been having actual death experiences since 1987. She says she has them about three times a month. She's almost 60. She had a traumatic brain injury in her 20s. She's claimed to meet Jesus, Walt Disney. She says she fills herself physically, leave her body. Then she comes back. She wrote a book. She's got a lot of stuff going on. And I will get her at the end with, are you making money off this? Ooh, yeah, that's good. That's my favorite. Someone's like, I'm here to help. I can tell you. I can speak to your your grandparents. They died for $4.99. Wait, (laughs) I want to pay money for this. So... I will get to that, but I do, before I push a little bit of me being skeptical, I want to hear her story. We should hear everyone's story. Here she is, and here we go. On the Bobby Bones Show now. Beverly Gilmore. Beverly, good morning. Hi, good morning. May I say good morning to all your listeners? Yeah. They have a great day. Thank you. But it's morning here, but where are you? I'm in Lytton St. Anne's in United Kingdom. So we were kind of drawn to your story. We talked about it, and then we kept talking about it, and then okay. we become fascinated with it. And so okay. can you, before I get into some specific questions, can you kind okay. of walk us through your life story, what has happened to you when you were younger, and now what's happened to you recently? Well, the uh, near-death experiences, they began when I was 22 in 1987. And at that time, I was... Um, I would say a hobby writer, you know, children's writer. I was writing little stories for my own children. I was a mother. I was a wife. And I had, you know, life was really good. I had my own house. Yay. (laughs) I was really proud of that. So that was an achievement back in 30 years ago. So, uh, yeah, yeah. there was a time when I became a part-time policewoman. That was fun because uh, I'm quite, you know, partial to justice and things like that um, and the law and everything. So the first time that you had one of these experiences, was it because of a traumatic brain injury? Was it right then or did you have an injury prior to that? 
this is the actual interesting uh, angle that we have. And this is what's fascinating the medics at the moment over here in the UK. I actually started the near-death experiences prior to the brain injury. But the, the actual near-death experiences healed the brain injury. So wow. that is quite fascinating. So some people often think, well, she's had a brain injury. She was on a lot of medication. But it's actually the opposite. Prior to the brain injury, I was on no medication. And the near-death experiences were uh, spontaneous. You die like three times a month or three times ever? So on, on average, about two to three times a month. This, the older I get, the, the more they seem to be uh, spread out. Um, like last month, there was only one. So, you know, and it's been about three weeks since I last had a near-death experience. So it seems the older I get, maybe my my natural body is not coping with it, so it, it's shutting it down uh, naturally. So that's, uh, that, that could be what's happening to me at the moment. Do you feel it when it's about to happen? Do you feel it while it's happening yeah. physically? Well, I mean, when you say physically, I, I suppose, no, no, what you are aware, what I'm aware of, what I'm aware of, because this is my, my experiences, is I always know that I'm going to have a need. I never have one standing up or, or conscious or anything like that. And I never see images or anything like that when I'm awake. But I will, like, I'll retire, I'll go to bed and... I start to go into a sort of like a very deep, it feels like a deep sleep, but it's actually the first stages of consciousness and my heartbeat will stop. Well, it, it changes, it becomes very shallow until it actually slows down. And then I actually feel like, um, imagine you're turning a light switch off and it happens in four sections of the brain, it, always in the same order. And it's always the, the upper right, the upper left, lower left, lower right. And then once that fourth one goes, you know, snap, 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 snap. I'm unconscious, but I'm awake, but I know my eyelids are closed. Do you understand what I mean? I do. And can you could you pull yourself out of it if you wanted to or are you no, just – No, not that stage. No, no. I just start to – It's a, all, all it basically is is a, a transitioning of consciousness. So you have that consciousness already, you know, when you are alive. What's just happening is that part of your conscious is actually becoming your primary consciousness. And that's what lifts up. And then I will lift up and I can look down on myself. And then it's been there's been lots of different stages. Sometimes I've I've just moved around the room. Sometimes I've gone out, and and most times, um, majority of times, I always go through the white light, and then I I, uh, I meet those who have passed on. If it were happening to me, and I was for sure that it happened, I just w I, I wouldn't tell anybody because I I think that they would think I was crazy. It's like if aliens came and they abducted me, I ain't telling anybody because although it might have happened. I don't think anybody's going to believe me. So the first time this happens to you, did you fear that, that if you tell them that yeah, you died and came absolutely. back to life, they thought you were crazy? Absolutely. In fact, I never spoke about them for the, uh, the first couple of years. I was terrified of what people would think of me because I actually tried to tell my husband at the time 
because you know, at the beginning I, th- I I just thought it was just like a very strange dream, you know, and then it, it kept up. And then I actually met Cary Grant and then I met my dad. And that's when I kind of like knew, hey, you know, I'm, I'm crossing over here because, you know, both Cary Grant and my dad have passed over. But I actually tried to tell my husband about it because when I was lifting up at one, one stage, I actually tried to wake him up. And my hand passed through his body. So your spirit can't hold anything physical. I tried to, uh, before I, I rose up, I tried to lift the sheets up. You know, like you would do naturally as if you woke up. You would wake up, you'd lift the sheets up, you'd get out of bed. So I was in that mindset. And I tried to lift the sheets up, but my hand was just passing through the sheets. And I was like, oh, what's that? And my husband, um, he didn't like it. He was a very straight, black is black, white is white type of man. And he didn't want to talk about it. So that kind of like, I went into myself then and said, okay, I think I'm on my own on this one. I don't know what's happening. And I I, I, I went around everywhere looking for answers. I went to every church that the door was open. I went in trying to find answers there. I went to spiritualist churches. I went to psychics. I went everywhere. And even though I'd get little snippets from different places, you know, oh yeah, I I I, I can I can sort of like um, recognize what you're saying there. Not one of them was the complete package. Yeah. When you cross over, and you mentioned your dad, and you mentioned uh, Cary Grant, are they like the old version of them, or can you could they choose any physically part like their best looking times? Because I I died and I was ninety. I don't want to be twenty five. Like, what are they physically? You become the best part of you. Because um, I saw my dad. Now he died when he was fifty two, so he was you know he was he was uh, a mature gentleman. But the first time I saw him, he did look fifty two. Okay. The second time I saw him, which was a few years later, even though I wanted to see him all the time because he was my dad, it wasn't, I wasn't getting my own way here. You know, I'd see him if, if there was a reason for it. So a couple of years later, when I saw him again, he looked about 30. And the way he spoke, the the love that came from him, everything, and I was so proud of him. You know, it was just like I was blown away because he was just so intelligent and clever and beautiful, and I was like, whoa. And in fact, when I came back from that, I burst into tears. And for several days afterwards, I would find myself, you know, <laughs> tearing up and, and, and thinking, you know, how proud I am of him. Yeah, because he did have his challenges in life. He was an alcoholic in life. My mom and my grandmother both passed away. And if I said, hey, could you get this note to them? Is that something you could do? <laughs> could you find them? Are there neighborhoods in this place? Or is it just you're allowed to see who you're supposed to see? I would say I'm only allowed to see who I'm supposed to see. And it's for specific reasons. And, um, yeah, I don't go cross over and go wandering around. Um, everything that... I've gone through when I come back I would go into like a sort of semi-conscious trance and I would write about it and uh, they they make very interesting writings because it's sort of like I was being shown a lesson and then the NDA was being explained why I was being shown it what I was being taught 
Whereas rather than just describing it and saying, I wonder why, I was actually given the answer in, in a follow-up near-death experience. It was like the one way I can, I can explain this to people is I feel like I've been in, in like school, you know, um, you know, high school, you know, from year one to year five. And each year I was learning a bit more, a bit more, a bit more. So are you a prophet, do you think? No. Even no. though you're having in your mind and you're in the story that you're telling us and you're having these conversations with people that we cannot talk to that are telling you and teaching you and you're bringing it back down. I mean, isn't that a bit of a definition of, of a prophet? In my opinion, you see there's millions of people who have near-death experiences and we don't know. We're talking, you and I, but we don't know. Maybe there's a couple of thousand people who are going through the exact same thing as I am and we just haven't found them yet. So, you know, I wouldn't say that my near-death experiences are any more special than someone else's because they're very, a near-death experience is a very beautiful and a very psychological event. And it's very close to the person who has it. And, um, you you know, every, every single one, what we're yet to tap into, what I understand, what I've been doing is that, you know, out of, Thousands and thousands of people have a near-death experience. They're, 99% of them will say, I experienced this love. It was incredible. It was immense. It was immense. It felt solid. It was all around me. I felt like I could reach out and touch it. Well, from what I understand, from what I've learned, that love is created within us while we're over the physical life. And we carry it over. So the messages that I'm getting all the time is let us open our hearts here and now and let us use near-death experiences to have a better life. To, and, and that's we are the love. We, we can live that love here and now. And, and I think that's perfect. It's a very beautiful message. And that's what it is. And anyone who's had a near-death experience will tell you the same message. It, is there a floor or are you floating? No, you, you you float. You float up and then you're you're flying. And then when you go through the, the white light, then you you actually walk. You can walk, you can fly, you can move. It's like everything's in slow motion. It's like I saw, for, for instance, I saw uh, there's trees, there's grass. There was one experience I had where I was being told to cross a field. And I was really frightened to do this because the field had amazing flowers every color you could think of beautiful really enhanced but i was aware that i had no shoes on my feet as i'm walking and i was also aware that there was a lot of bumblebees in this field and i did not want to cross the field because i was scared the bumblebees would sting me i'd tread on one and this voice came behind me and said the bumblebees do not sting here and hearing that it let go of the fear, and I was able to cross the field. Have they scanned your brain while this is happening, or is it so random that you can't actually predict it? I can't predict it. We did go on to, it was like a heart monitor, when um, you have your heart you know, sort of monitored as you're doing it, and it did flatline. But there, at that time, when I was being, it was being investigated, there wasn't any scans or anything like that. It was just um, heartbeat monitor. 
Any chance that you just sleep really deeply occasionally? Because sometimes I just get real tired. I don't sleep for a while. And I'm just like, oh, and I have a dream. And you don't think that's it at all? You don't think it's a super deep sleep? No. Because I'm, I've become such a different person because of them. Um, no, it, it, it's, it's the, the events that, that go on. And plus also, you know, I mean, why would I dream about Cary Grant? I mean, he was an actor in my mother's era. I didn't even actually know who he was when I saw him. I just recognized his voice. And uh, that yeah. was I mean, I dreamt about Macaulay Culkin on an elephant once. I have no idea why, but <laughs> it, it just maybe I picked up something, you know. Okay, so you have met Jesus. Is that is that accurate? Yep. Once or like you guys hang out? He's, he sits and he, he tells stories and he teaches you and you're following him. Those, can I tell you one experience with him and then you get – I'd love to hear uh, it. Okay, this very beautiful. Um, he was in front of us and I was aware we – there was a group of us and we were in a line and they were two by two and we were walking behind him and – as he's walking forward, this um, some majestic marble stairway appears. And suddenly I became with the the want, the desire, whatever, you know, the need, that I wanted to walk with him. I, I wanted to be up there at the front, you know, side by side. So I fell out the line and I ran ahead. And as I came to his side, he told me to look down at my feet. And I looked down at my feet and I saw that my left foot was slightly in front of his right foot. And because of that, the the, stair, the step underneath disappeared. And I suddenly felt like, oh, you know, I'm going to fall. Yeah. So I moved back. And as I moved back, he brought his foot forward again and the, the marble step appeared under his foot. And from that, I knew... You know, he didn't sacrifice himself for, for us to walk right next to him. He sacrificed himself so we follow him so that he you know, he will lead us and he will keep us safe. And that's what that near-death experience was, was saying to me. You know, follow me. Don't walk in front of me. Don't walk beside me. Follow me. Would you have considered yourself a religious person before these started happening to you? Probably, yeah. I always had a very strong relationship with him since I was a little girl, but um, I didn't quite belong to any one church, so I would say, you know, it's like spiritual Christian, but that was just growing up. But I've always had a personal relationship with him. I, I keep to me, and, and I share it if people ask about it, but, you know. Uh, is everybody famous up where you go or are there any like normal people where you're like what's up hey who are you i'm chris i'm does that ever happen well not in that sort of like tone no um i can tell you that someone came up to me and started talking to me and i couldn't understand a word they were saying because every couple of words were it sort of like it was blocked out you know so it wasn't there and it was like hello blip, hello blip. I'm blue, and I couldn't understand why 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 that was. It wasn't a coherent conversation, and I I later learned that the reason for that was that within his lifetime, this chap had taught himself the swear word like profoundly, 
So he was like, you know, best friends with a swear word. Well, with the spirit, the swear word can't be heard. And that's why his conversation was breaking up. I got one so. of those virtual reality headsets and you get to go in a room with all these people <laughs> and you do and you're, you know, sometimes they, you don't know the language they're speaking, but you're all just kind of hanging out as like uh, avatars. It kind of feels like <laughs> that's what this is. The other thing that, that was a very, very interesting as well is um, if um, this, this, it was a female actually, I, I, I never met her before. I didn't know who she was and she came up to me and she started conversing with me and I suddenly felt that she wasn't on my wavelength. You know her belief system, yeah? And all I said was, leave me of your company. And as soon as I said that, she wasn't able to converse with me anymore. She had to go. So it's like you you protect this love that you carry over there and you just immerse yourself in it. And if any anything like negative comes to you, you actually protect this love that you've created in life. Her book, A Journey of Actual Death Experiences, The Exploration of the Human Consciousness Through Spiritual Intervention, uh, came out in 2018. I want you to uh, check it out by Beverly Gilmore, and I'm going to ask you about the book in just a second. But a couple more questions. We had talked about an interaction that you had with Walt Disney. Multiple Mm -hmm. interactions or just one, and and what did he say? Uh, Loads. Um, Absolutely. He, He basically became my mentor over there. And what he was doing was he was teaching me how to be a, a storyteller. He was teaching me about, I'd, he, he sort of like, he created this uh, group of characters and the group of characters are very spiritual and it was fascinating. And he was able to illuminate them and he was able to show me how to put this story together. And this group of characters are actually called Spirit Council. And they're there protecting the mysterious crystal of life and there's heaven in them and earth and, and pathway of time. And the spirit council, the, the mysterious crystal life shatters and they've got to go and find a true guardian. And it was an amazing story. And he brought it to life and showed me. And when I came back, I, I wrote about it. So it was, it was you know. You ever, you ever do the Mickey voice? Hey, I actually saw Mickey. Well, I saw well, Mickey oh Mouse. God. The very first time I met uh, Walt, I walked, it was like we were walking in, I walked into a building and um, how can I put this? Everything was like wood, but it was like oak and it was very rich. It was very, you know, it's like everything over there is alive. There's nothing dead there. It's all alive. Even, even you know, the bricks and the, the floors and the trees and everything. And we walked up to this doorway and there was two men standing at the doorway. And it was like, they were like security men. They were like, you're not going in this door. And as I approached, they moved out the way. So I knew I was allowed to go in. And when I went in, there it was. And I thought that well, it was basically me. I asked him to, I want you to teach me about your magic. And he turned around and he said, I admire your cheek, which I thought was quite funny. Well, I did when I thought about it when I came back. And the next thing he did is with, he just waved his hand and he produced this like three foot animated Mickey Mouse and then a three foot animated Donald Duck. And they began chasing themselves around this room. And he said, shall we begin? And, that was the very first one I had. 
I guess the question I have about that is since Mickey was never a real person, Mickey can't die. So how was this the afterlife if Mickey was never actually alive? He, when he produced it, he produced it as an animated form. I saw it as an animated form. I didn't see okay. a live Mickey Mouse. I saw the am- animation. You know, for us, when when we come back, we want to question, you know, is this Walt's paradise? And, you know, he shared that with me. So someone else, like um, a famous painter, would you find them in an art gallery? You know, painting away to eternal life. You, you see what I mean? Yeah. What, is everybody dressed from different eras? Like if you're in the 50s, the 20s, the Vikings, like they have their clothes on from that era? Never, never saw anything like Vikings and stuff like that. No. Anybody naked? I never saw. I no, <laughs> no. I was asked. I was asked a similar question actually, and no. Okay. Well, I was. Just, no. I'm just wondering what's up. I just feel like it's a hodgepodge, a whole melting pot of of everybody from all the ages. Abraham Lincoln, you know, hanging out with uh, Fred Flintstone. Was he real? No. An- animated. Oh, animated yeah, too. Yeah. Animated. Okay. The book, A Journey of Actual Death Experiences. Why would someone want this book? What What are you teaching them in this? Well, basically, I actually haven't promoted that book. and uh, Do you not uh, want to promote no, it? We don't have to. Huh. Well, it, if people find that book, that's fine. But what that book was, it was written in like 2018. And what it was, it was my way of writing everything down for me to to work through the experiences, to understand what they all were and everything. But it is out there, but I don't promote okay. it. I just want people to know. I actually do not promote it. So. I feel about our first comedy record, Raging Idiots. We don't promote that one. Um, so, <laughs> Beverly, the website, wearethelove.co.uk. Yeah, 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 we'll get to that one. Yeah, now, so, this, now we're talking. Now we're talking. Okay. So let me say now the website, talking. wearethelove.co.uk. <laughs> What's on the website and why would we go to it? Right, on the website, what I've done, uh, I've basically explained about what the love is, okay, because it's all about uh, loving yourself, it's all about spiritual love, it's all about the energy of the universe and everything. So I've explained that. I've told people who I am. I've told them what happens to me, the stages when I go unconscious and everything. So that's on there. And then I've also included a couple of near-death experiences with the with the ones who have influenced me the most, of Jesus, and then there's the Cary Grant, and then Walt Disney. So people can actually, if they want to, they can, they can actually read the, the near-death experiences with Jesus that I had, and then with Cary Grant and with um, Walt Disney. And I'm also doing a blog because I've found out that people really like a sort of like um, current feel to it. So every every two every week, if I'm you know if I'm sort of like well enough, I will actually do a do an experience and talk about the love, and then people can comment on it, and people can people can share their near death experiences and what they understand the love to be as well. Okay, so last question I have for you, and the website okay. is wearethelove.co.uk. We'll put it up there so people can click it. But how are you, are you making money off this? No. No money. Yeah. It's no GoFundMe, no link to pay you, nothing. No. There's a a link on there to the Snow Mice book, but I'm not marketing it yet. So I don't even think people can buy it yet. Wow. So you're making so. no money. Well, I'd be 
Not charging. I, I tell you, who you want to go meet? I'll go get word to them right now. You want George Washington? Got it. Judy Garland? Let's go. Okay. It, it's like I've got to lay everything down first and I've got to get everything in the right order or else people are, are not going to follow it. It's got to be in a, a, a particular order and it's got to be done so that people can relate to what this message is. That's more important for me. I mean, they can go on the snow mites, they can, the snow mites have been going for a long time, they can buy the snow mites, but yeah, it's, it's, it's not really for sale at the moment. They might find it on Amazon somewhere, but it's not, okay. it's not being promoted. Well, I really appreciate your time. I really appreciate, you know, the honesty in your story and it, it feels like the message is love. I mean, oh, it is. all you need Absolutely. is love. The, the, those guys from over in your area said it best. All you yeah. need is love, <laughs> you know? So, uh, Beverly, thank you so much. And, and I, I hope you have good health. And do you want to die, die, though, and not come back? Because it does, if it's true and it's this awesome, don't you just want to die forever? No, because what they teach you is to value life. You see, that's what a lot of people don't understand when they're, they're promoting this story. My near-death experience are not a story about death. They're a story about life because I value life so much now that every part of life is, is precious to me. So I'm going to, you know, I'm going to stay here for as long as I can. Maybe here or another life will run into each other. Well, you never know. Never know. You never know. <laughs> All right, Beverly. Thank you. See you later. Okay. Take care. Bye-bye. It's the best bits of the week with Morgan number two. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and I'm back for another season of my podcast, Climbing in Heels. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as fully obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. My podcast, Climbing in Heels, is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season, we're taking things up a notch. I'll be talking to some incredible women across so many industries, from models and beauty industry stars to doctors, entrepreneurs, and TV personalities. Climbing in Heels is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Every week, listeners will be able to ask me any questions. I'm answering it all. My life is absolutely crazy with so much going on, and I'm so beyond excited to bring you along for the ride. Whether we're talking red carpet looks, current trends, or products I'm obsessed with, I'm here to be your fashion fairy godmother. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your host of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old us. <laughs> oh, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed, And to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Y'all have been asking, and we finally got an update on Bobby's dog, Stanley. He had swallowed a squeaker, and Bobby and Caitlin were keeping an eye on him, seeing how things were going, and they took him in for an endoscopy did I say that right I probably totally butchered that word but then they also had an x-ray and so they've been keeping an eye seeing if they need to do surgery what's going on so here's that entire update y'all have been asking for it and Bobby shared the latest of what's going on with Stanley number two I want to play this voicemail from Cooper left this last night go ahead I was wondering to update on Stanley okay bye now bye so Stanley, my bulldog, a week or so ago, he went to the emergency room. He was like convulsing. He like squeaked something out of his throat. It went <laughs> like a squeaker toy. And then we were missing a very small squeaker because our other dog had torn up a toy with squeakers in it. So he's convulsing, like choking. Rush him to the vet at like 11 p.m. We go in. They're like, do you want us to make him throw up? I say, yes. Throw up. Nothing came out. They say, Okay. Do you want us to do an endoscopy where we go into his stomach and try to find it in his stomach and pull it out? I say yes. Because they say if it gets in his intestines, they may have to have surgery. Mm. It could get hung up in there. I say yes. They go in. They can't find anything. Worst Easter egg hunt ever. No eggs. <laughs> they say we, he likes treats, but we can't find the squeaker. And I'm like, crap. They say, do you want us to do an x-ray? At this point, I'm already in like two grand. Because they had to call a doctor in to do the endoscopy. Ugh. And I'm like... It doesn't matter at this point. Like, let's just go. Don't eat up the money. Here's here's a wheelbarrow of money. Have it. Just oh, save the dog. I hate that. And so they do <laughs> x-rays, and they say, we see something here. We think this is what it is, and it's already in his intestines. They're like, we can do one of two things. It looks large. He may pass it. He may not. And if he doesn't, we got to go in and open him up and take it out. Or you can just... Take him home tomorrow. We'll watch him tonight. We can't give him to you tonight. We'll t- you take, come get him tomorrow. Take him home. And then we'll just see. So I go, cool. So I'll leave him overnight, go back the next morning, pick him up. They're like, well, he didn't poop it out. He's drunk too. He looked like that guy in Eddie's roller coaster. Like, <laughs> so take him home. And all but like one or two times, I have examined every poop he's taken. And I swear to you, if it was the one time he snuck out and pooped and it was in there, I'm going to be so frustrated. I, I even tried to find the poop. Regardless, we found nothing. Hmm. We did an x-ray of his lungs to make sure it didn't go into a different part of his body. Not in there. They can do that from the stomach? What? Just go to the lungs? They can just x-ray, x-ray. the lungs. Oh, okay. Not yeah. in turn. You just... Yeah, they just no, I'm saying, how does the toy get to the lungs? No, but I don't know. I don't know, dude. I don't know if it like, takes a wrong turn. <laughs> yeah, no, you know I, how water goes down the wrong hole? Yeah. How does water go down the wrong hole? Good point. Yeah, yeah, yeah it happens. Wow. So as of now, he's feeling pretty good. But we haven't seen the squeaker. Weird. It's the mystery squeaker. 
So, how much do we get if we find the squeaker? You're gonna, gonna go. Search. Well, what are you poop? gonna go look in the poop? Well, here's the thing. If we have to the trick it. is, and what makes it more difficult is we have somebody, because I'm gone a lot, and we searched high and low for that poop. Couldn't find the poop. We looked everywhere. I know he pooped because I saw his back like bent over like a pooping dog oh, does. Yeah. Couldn't find the poop. So once a month, we have a person that comes to our house and tries to pick up dog poop from where people walk because the dogs just poop all the time. So this person comes. It's like a service. And I was like, look for a poop. If you find any poop that has a squeaker in it, let us know. He couldn't find the poop either. Weird. So there's a mystery squeaker either still in him. We're going to have to take him back in next week for one more x-ray if we can't find it back into his intestines. I don't know. Did he just absorb the squeaker? Oh, yeah. Is it still in his intestines? I don't know. (laughs) So he's okay. He's not feeling bad. But man, when he squeaked out of his throat, Mm. he was choking. It goes, it wasn't funny because I was scared. But it was weird to hear a squeaker come out. Like, (laughs) That's like a cartoon. Yeah. It's like somebody swallows a rubber ducky. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't funny at the time. If he gets out of this unscathed, well, he's scathed a little. If he gets out of this and he's fine, it's kind of funny. But that's what's up. It ended up costing like $5,000. So no, you have to laugh at it. I feel like Stanley's name, you know how sometimes people make their name a dollar sign? Like his yeah. S should now be a dollar <laughs> sign. Funny. Stanley. He's had, I believe now, 15 surgeries or small <laughs> surgical things that have had to happen to him from like growth removals, wiener butt. Eyes. He's had two, both eyes, a jaw. Uh, they can't breathe when they're born anyway. So I count that one when they had to have part of his tongue. Man, these bulldogs, they shouldn't make bulldogs. Mm. And that's what they do. They make them and they are so, and I never said, I got to have a bulldog. Someone said, hey, we have this dog. Would you like to have it? It's got a little, little issue here. I said, sure, I'll take it. They're, they're, he's great, but man, I would just not recommend people getting a bulldog unless you know you're going to pay a ton of money and they are genetically not engineered to be alive very long. I get sad because Kayla and I will be talking. Like last night we were sitting at the dinner table. We were having dinner and talking about some stuff, and I see Stanley, and he's got his little bed. And I was like, he looks like he's feeling pretty good. I said, but as good as he feels, I know he's going to die in like four or five years. He's a bulldog. And she's like, why do you do that? I'm like, what do you mean? She goes, why do you already talk? I said, because he's not. I'm already sad. I only got like nine years with him. He's going to die. Bulldogs don't live very long. So I get sad for no reason. Mm, yeah. You can just enjoy the next I five hear you, but that's not how I roll. <laughs> I'm already prepping myself for the sadness. Yeah, I see that. When, when you have that thought, you can put a rubber band on your wrist, and when you have that thought, snap yourself. Well, Why pop. would I do that? That's two bad things. <laughs> that hurts. Pop yeah. yourself, because then it'll be, be like, think, have your thoughts about the dog. I'd be popping myself all the time then. <laughs> exactly, and then you'll start to be, your brain will mm. That's change. how my brain works. Then I would just become immune to that pain. And I need two rubber bands. You guys oh. see me come in with the rub- <laughs> rubber bands all up my arm. That's okay. what would happen. Well, all right, thank you guys for listening to the show. Call us if you want. We'd love to hear from you. Questions or comments. 877-77-BOBBY. That's our phone number. 877-77-BOBBY. It's the best bits of the week. Show. With Morgan number two. And coming in hot, Scuba Steve's vasectomy update. He got his vasectomy done over the holiday weekend, and we got the full update. How it went, how does he feel, what are his feelings after, post, pre, you know, all the things. We got it, and this is the update y'all have been waiting for because so many people wanted him to just get this done because his wife really wanted him to get it done. So without further ado, it is our number one spot this week. Number one. We got Christy in North Carolina on the phone right now. Hey, Christy, what's going on? Good morning, studio. Morning. 
I was realizing I hadn't heard an update on Scuba Steve's vasectomy and whether or not his wife decided to stay home or go back to work. Well, Scuba Steve is back at work today after his vasectomy. Yeah. Here he is. Which, by the way, Scuba, congratulations. Let me say that from me to you. You went through with it. You did what you're supposed to do. You're being responsible. Secondly, Scuba said, I should be fine. I'm going to go. We had a three-day weekend. Saturday, Sunday, Monday. I'll be back Tuesday. I got an email early Tuesday morning. Scuba's like, uh, I can't come in. <laughs> he was sore. <laughs> Wednesday, say, Scuba, so you're back today. Yes. Was it more painful than you thought it would be? Way more painful than I thought it would be. And I was the first nervous about the anticipation. That's how I am with anything in life. And then once you get into it, I'm like, oh, I'll be fine. Oh, God. <laughs> it's a pain I've never experienced in my entire life. So tell everybody why you went and got a vasectomy. So I got it because we have three kids, and my wife said she can't have it any more children. She mentally and physically can't handle it. So you guys talked about it. You decided you would go do it. Yes, yeah, so we do. We go there. We're in the waiting room. We're, I walk She's with in. you. She's with me, yes. Yeah. So I, I make her. She's coming. Oh, okay. Like the, she made me do this. She's coming with me. So we get there. I get in the room. I'm sitting down. They, they get me all set up. They tell me to, to disrobe, take my clothes off. Completely naked? Just the bottom half. Winnie the Pooh. Winnie the Pooh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah, 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 totally. And then the, the girl walks out of the room, puts on some music, and I'm, I'm thinking they're messing with me because the first song that comes on is this. Like no. They're messing with you. They're, first of all, is that true? Do you promise? <laughs> I swear. And then so it goes. Brian in, Adams. I'm dead serious. And then the next song is this one right here. Should I stay or should I go? Wow. That's a sign, guys. <laughs> I'm like, so they're, they're either screwing with you or it's the worst luck of music ever played randomly getting <laughs> yeah. a vasectomy. He comes in, I'm, I'm, I'm hitting the gas, and I'm like, is this like all set up? He's like, no, dude, but I guess I should do a playlist about this kind of stuff. And I'm like, and I'm like, now I'm freaked out because I already was nervous. Now I'm like, I want to get the hell out of here. Was it a sign to you? I thought it was a sign. And yeah. then we're talking and he's like, usually we allow guests in. I mean, do you have somebody with you? I'm like, yes, I want my wife here, please. I witnessed the birth of three children. I want her to witness the anti-birth. <laughs> <laughs> the anti-birth. So she comes in? She comes in. Great support system. I needed it because I was freaking out. And she watches the whole procedure and, and has like afterwards kind of tells me what they do. I don't want to get into it because it's very graphic. Yeah. But uh, it's pretty impressive and pretty unbelievable. And once she explained to me what he did, now I know why I'm in so much pain. Well, what did he do? So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. are you totally gassed up, like 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 laughing gas? Yeah, he gave me the laughing gas, and I asked him like, "What do I do?" And he goes, "Well, you just keep hitting it until you can't hit it anymore." And I think I hit it too much because I started turning green and feel like I was gonna throw up. Yeah, that happens uh, to me sometimes too. It's just it's just nerves, you know. Um, and the, and it was there to alleviate the pain, but man, I felt I felt the tugging, I felt everything. Oh, oh. I don't want to hear any more of that part. Yeah. So you go home. When does it set in as like, oh, I'm in such pain, or do you get like a bunch of pain medicine? They give you pain meds, but I'm allergic to pain meds, so I don't I don't take the full pill. I take just half of a pill to kind of alleviate a little bit of the stress more than anything, but I feel the pain the whole time at home. And I've got three kids I want to be picked up and hung out with, and I can't pick them up because I can't pick things over five pounds. Do you just stay in bed for a couple days? I, I uh, stay on the couch because I want to be around the family. That's just how I am. I don't want to be upstairs isolated, so I stay around the family. I ice myself. I'm sitting on ice right now as we speak. Still. It's still Thursday. It's been... A week. It's been a week, and I'm still sitting on ice. He's got ice pain. panties on. I have ice panties on, yes. I don't know what that is. Oh. It's like underwear with ice on it. Like yeah. Is it like an ice hole that you put ice in it? So I have two underwears or on. Or do you freeze the whole underwear, and then it just gets warmer <laughs> as you wear it? And then they turn into edibles. No, so I'm wearing one pair of underwear, and then ice in between it, and another pair of underwear holding the ice together. Wow. And then I sit on ice as well. with. A, it's still that bad. bad. It's still that bad. 
And I don't know why. Is that common? Did you Google? So they say that it goes away in a couple days, and if you still feel it uh, a week or so after, then you need to go see the doctor because it could be a problem. Did he cut the wrong part? <laughs> oh, no. We'll find out in two months if, if he cut the right stuff. Mm. Do not Google image vasectomy. I'm not. I'm not. There's no I, reason I, I would have. thought never about it. I going just to do know. That. Uh, so rate your experience. <laughs> rate it how? Like, um, I don't know. It's a Google rating. It's like a... Yelp. <laughs> he did a great job. He did everything he was supposed to do, but you still are going to feel pain. No matter what anyone tells you, it's painful. My pain is at a seven and a half a week later. I feel like your voice is higher. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. I didn't really? realize that. <laughs> I do. Like, Look at that. You I do. Squeaked. I feel like you've lost some of like your baritone, like your low part of your voice. <laughs> I have, just to compare, Scuba, would you count to five for me right now? Sure. One, two. He's trying to be deeper. Three, <laughs> four, five. Okay, now we have Scuba. We took a clip from him. Pre-vasectomy. Uh-huh. Here you go. Uh, my nervous is on a whole other level. I've never been this nervous before in my now, entire life. Now stop that. Now oh say my, my nervous on a whole other level. Go. I'm nervous on a whole other level. Oh. Now play the clip. Uh, my nervous is on a oh. whole other level. I've never been this nervous before in my entire life. Deep Did you anything. lose part of your... <laughs> Did they you cut him off? with the audio, right? No. I've not done anything. Play it again, Ray. It was weeks later than he, it was. <laughs> uh, my nervous is on a whole other level. I've never been this nervous before we in my entire the audio. life. It Ray, sounds like it's yeah, the wrong clip there. Like Joanna we Man. had a third one too. Do the next one. I would murder her. <laughs> I would murder her. <laughs> he was he's he's biting though for so a minute. Dumb. He was like, oh no, oh no. I'm proud of you, man, for going through with uh, it. Thank you. I appreciate it. Your Good wife job. is too. No more kids. Yeah, that's it. You know, you got three. You're yeah. good. And if you want to reverse it, you can. Yeah, but it's not successful though. So, I, I'm, and plus, it's more pain. So, I, I can't do more. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> All right, congratulations, buddy. Thank you. I think it's the best bits of the week with Morgan number two. It's been another great weekend hanging out with all of you guys. Please go check out Best Bits Part 1 with Amy this weekend. It was so fun talking to her because we got on this whole tangent after we were talking about the Beverly Gilmore interview of just all these experiences and the idea of being open-minded and self-aware. And it was a really fun conversation for us to have as friends, but also with mics in front of us. So you guys got to hang out with us. And on top of that, we talked about our Memorial Day weekends and some TV show recommendations and plus... No shoe households. How's it going for Amy? How long I've been doing it? It's a great conversation. So go check out Best Bits Part One. Until then, y'all, it's been another awesome weekend, and I love doing this with y'all. It's just so much fun. Go follow me at Webgirl Morgan on all the things. I've been starting to do this Munchies with Morgan live every Wednesday night, where we make dinner together on a live on Instagram. So I hope you join me for that too. And of course, follow the show at Bobby Bone Show on all the things. So cool and. Next weekend, CMA Festival is happening in Nashville. If you are in town, come say hi to me. Let's hang out. I'll be all around doing lots of crazy stuff for CMA Festival. So let's do it. Y'all, oh, and Folds of Honor, Celebrity Softball Game. So many things. Just go follow the socials. Everything's up there. And, of course, BobbyBones.com. YouTube.com has our performances for the Bobby Bones Show. Okay, I think that's it. I'm done. Goodbye. This is a Bobby Bones Show. Bobby Bones. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Hi, listener. I'm Carol Fisher, the host of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister. I'm so excited for you to hear the brand new season where we're uncovering a 35-year-old mystery. But for those of you who didn't hear season one or just want to listen to it again, you can now get access to all episodes of that first season of The Girlfriends 100% ad-free through the iHeart True Crime Plus subscription, which is available exclusively on Apple Podcasts. You'll also get access to every single episode of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister, ad-free and one week early, only available to iHeart True Crime Plus subscribers. So what are you waiting for? Head to Apple Podcasts, search for iHeart True Crime Plus, and subscribe today. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project, or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. That's right.